And now enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think. <laughs> David K. Montoya, essay Burbank Podcast. We're S.A. Burbank, David K. Montoya Podcast. <laughs> the game plan, yeah. The, uh, the show. Let's go pick it up. Let's actually make some. And see, I came up with more. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. It's Monday night, so let's find out what the fuck we think. I'm David K. Montoya. And I am S. Sadie Burbank. So, we were talking about your book last episode. Mm-hmm. And I, I, oh, yes, we were talking about your book, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner, available at Amazon.com. And at stores near you if you request it. Uh, but you're also getting ready to add a new publishing credit, which is... Um, Oh, bear with me, folks. I had it on the tip of my tongue and I lost it. Uh, a Dark World ah. anthology, right? Yes. The Dark World fairies and fays. Some, something. Something, something. Something. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so. Ask for it by name. <laughs> well, yeah. when, when it comes available, we'll. We'll um, let you know. <laughs> because what people may not know is Myth Mart is still up and running. It's the only functioning brand that we have through the MythWorks corporation that is actually still functioning and i still love my mug i've i know I, I was gonna order one but i never ordered one you should get one they're good mugs i have Mythworks every morning for breakfast and uh anyway <laughs> but anyway yes so but this time around you're working for zombie works publications right now and and i i mentioned this um we were actually this is our third attempt to record this yes, episode. It's been a busy afternoon. Uh, let me first say happy 20th to you. Oh, this is the 20th? This is number 20. Woohoo! Yeah, and to you. Happy Thank 20. You. Happy 20. And, um, and the reason why we say happy 20 is because there's, uh, a thing that you can find on online is just if you can get past the first 20 episodes of any podcast, um, you're pretty much home free. The, the, the first 20 is like the hardest to get past. Oh, if the podcasters can. Yes. I thought maybe you meant the listeners. No, no. Podcasters. <laughs> what are you going to win? A cupcake. I don't know. But anyway, um, so in one of the previous attempts to record, you know, we talked about that you, you've been involved in, before it was MythWorks, it was Dark Myth Corporation, or Dark Myth Production Studios. Right. And even at one point, you were our central intelligence officer, if I remember correctly. Yeah, CIA, that's me. Um, <laughs> Boy, was that a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about an oxymoron. <laughs> but anyway. I, I just, I, I was just curious, and I, I really hadn't thought about it until you had mentioned it, and now it, it's kind of, you know, forefront in my brain, and I, 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 I really want to know, is, what is the the difference between working for me in in Dark Myth? Oh shit! Now I got to pay the money, and working with uh, Zombie Works. What's the difference? How the fuck do I know? What do you mean? What's the difference? I just I wrote a book. I wrote a book for you. I mean, I wrote a book. You asked me to write, and Hold you on published. Just for a second. Somebody's calling. Okay, we're back. I I just needed to make sure that wasn't uh, an important phone call. Right. No, you asked me to write Red Hills. Right. And I did. Yes. And you published it. Yes. Okay, then Russo put out a request for people to send him uh, short stories 
for his anthology. Yes. And I sent him one. What What do you mean, what's the difference? I was just curious to see if the process of me publishing your work to him publishing your work was any different. Oh, hell yes. I don't know the man that well. You're like a child to me. <laughs> I don't mean a child, but right. like my child to right. me. You and I became fast friends early on. Yes. Working with you is easier because you read my mind. You know how I think. You know, you understand where I'm coming from. I don't have to explain shit to you. You get me. Right. Okay. And to a large extent, vice versa. I don't know Russo. I met, I met him once. I did a podcast with him. That's it. I don't know him. So. You know, for me to to work with him meant sending in my short story. Right. I sent an email along with it and said, "If this isn't right, talk to David." <laughs> I, I did. I did. I said, "This isn't the way you want it. Talk to him because this is what he said to send." Right. That's and he sent me a a contract by email for me to e sign, and right. I did. How'd you like that? I knew that word. Huh? I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. Me you must have seen the expression on my face. Yeah, me too. And uh, and then he sent me a hard copy later, which I just got in the mail not long ago. And that's it. I don't. Um, there's no comparison. It's to me. It was like if if I had seen. I don't know. Well, I wouldn't have sent it to just anybody online that, that said I'm writing a book. Would you like you know? But. I don't. I I honestly don't know how to answer that question. Well, it, I, I've always been interested because he's built his publishing kind of around the way he's seen me do my publishing. But I know people that won't do business with him. Well, I've since learned a couple of things I didn't know beforehand that we can't talk about on air. Right. Uh, so you know, in that sense of the word, I don't think he does business like you do. Uh, but, uh, generally speaking, um, I don't, I don't know, David, it's not, I, uh, how can I put this? I felt like it was a very impersonal relationship. The, you know, and it wasn't anything he did or didn't do that made me feel that way. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't like he did anything wrong or right. he, or he left me hanging or anything like that. But it was all done via email and it was all done electronically. Right. I wasn't expecting necessarily to, but I didn't get any feedback from him. Like, you know, when I write stuff, especially when I first started writing, I would send you, you know, pages and go, what do you think? Right. Does it sound okay? You know, because I was very insecure. Well, I already knew The Haunting of Mikhail Zotkin, which is what I sent him for inclusion in this anthology. I already knew it was a good story. I knew you liked it. Yes. Uh, and I liked it. And some of the readers online, way back when it was online. World of Myth, yes. They liked it. So I knew it was a good story. So I didn't necessarily need any feedback from Russo as to what he thought about it. Oh, but it would have been nice to have had some. Right. But that wasn't there. The relationship was more a business one. You know, I'm printing a book. You're sending a story. Here's the contract, la da da, and like that. So it was, it was totally different experience than doing the same sort of thing with you. 
very, uh, and I don't mean this as a, as a, a, against anything he did. No, no, no. But it was a very impersonal. Right. Relationship. And I, I guess I should make note that this is not, um, I'm not asking this question because Russo is a friend. You yeah. know, I've known Russo for almost 14 years I was at this see, point. You've known him longer than you've known me. And it's, it's just, I'm curious because again, you know, he kind of sampled his business model after Patterned his yeah, business af- spot after you. After me. And so I was just curious because... Well, he may do. And under certain circumstances, that may be the case. Maybe because this was a little bit different arrangement, it he handled it differently. Right. You know, I mean, it was a, a, a blanket a request that he sent out. Right. You know, to anybody that's interested... You know, he posted the, the notice right. that he was going to publish this anthology. Any authors who were interested in contributing, send in your work. We'll, we'll see. I sent it in. He sent me back a note and said he was pleased to let me know that it was accepted. And that was that. So, and I suppose that in itself was a... Uh, yeah, I like it and we're going to put it in the book. Right. You know, it wasn't specific, it didn't specifically say that, but just by saying he was pleased to say that he was going to include it in the anthology made me feel good. I felt good. Yeah. Right. Okay. Good. And again, so. I, because I know if I gave him a, a story, you know, things would be different from him and I because we've been friends for so many yeah. years. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. a different chemistry. Well, and he didn't say, I'll let you know what I think, or, you know, it wasn't that kind of a relationship. Thing. No, right. not at all. Uh, and again, I was just curious more so yeah. than anything because, yeah. um, you know, one of the things that I've always prided myself as a publisher was how personally invested I got into every person that I've ever published. Yeah. You know, there was, there has been a, a personal relationship form. Right, right. And that was just my thing. That yeah. was that was more so important to know the person than to publish their book. I mean, yes, publishing the book was what it was all about. Yeah. But in order to do so properly, and this is just my own theory, you had to know the person. Well, I think a, a reading uh, someone's book is a very intimate thing anyway because you're reading their mind in a sense. Right. Uh after the fact. And so it it's uh, for the author, as an author, you yourself are an author as well, so yes. you know this. Uh, as an author, you you um, sort of spill out your guts on a, on a keyboard. Right. And then try to organize them with the keys, you know, and make some sense out of it. And so when someone reads it, they're, they're reading into your soul. And so when they say they didn't like it, it kind of hurts. When they say, oh, that's cool, then it makes you feel like they've... Accepted part of you. Well, you've bonded right on a different level altogether than you do with anybody else because they've looked into your soul, you know. And that's what's hard as an author. When you put a book out, you're putting your soul out to total strangers you know, and so if they if they get it and they like it, then you feel okay. This is cool. This total stranger bonded with my total stranger self. You right. Know? Uh, and if they don't like it, you're like, why? You know. <laughs> you know. I mean, it's just the way it is. So at least for me, I don't know how it is for you as an author, but that's how it is for me as an author. So you and I have a totally different relationship 
as author and publisher than Russo right. and I will ever have. And again, I, I was just, because I, uh, okay, best case scenario, I didn't even know uh, Kelly DeToro. Now, right. you knew her, you know, you've known oh, her yeah, for I, years. I was the one that told Kelly to get her book published. And by you, and, as a matter of yes, fact. Yes. And yeah. by the, by the, the conclusion of publication and, and where it actually goes into printing, not only was she someone that was working for me as an author, but, and even to this point, and though we don't keep, you know, in contact, I still consider her as a friend. Yeah, and that, absolutely. that was just something that, you know, that developed over the, and I, I've always tried to do that. Book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's people, you know, right now I'm not publishing nothing, uh, whether it be books or novels or comic books or, you know, yeah. at this point I'm just not publishing. But there's right. still, I drop notes into different people and just say hi. Yeah. Just because over the years of, of working with these people, I consider them as friends. Right, right. Yeah, you get to know. <clears throat> you can't read someone's work. I don't care whether it's fiction, nonfiction, or what. You cannot read someone's work and not know them on a certain level. Right. Because every author, worth his salt anyhow, does as I said. They they put their heart and soul into their work. Right. And in my case, especially, because it was, uh, or is rather, a true account. Right. It, it's, it's a novel, but it's a true account of stuff that I did in 1971 in Liberia. So that really is putting... My heart and soul out. Yeah, really, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially if you read it, you'll see a lot of stuff there. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, it's funny because I'm recording it. Yes. For uh, the, an audio book. Yes, the audio book. And uh, it was sort of odd, I have to say, reading it out loud. Really? Yeah, it was. Uh, well, for one thing, um, it, <laughs> I'd, I'd forgotten how difficult some of the Liberian names can be to pronounce. To pronounce. But aside from that, uh, it was, um, I find myself reliving it all again. You know, oh. I, had, I did that when I wrote it, and now I'm reading it aloud. And it's different. Reading it aloud is different than reading it. I, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity oh, to compare. Yes. The, the sensation of just silently reading your own work versus reading it aloud. Uh, but reading my work aloud has, uh, made me stop and really listen to it because I want, I want to do a good job of the audio book. I don't want it to sound boring to the listener. So when I'm quoting someone's words in the book right. i try to speak in a, in a in a way that sounds like they might have spoken the words right and then the rest of the time i try to read it like a narrator you know but with with some sort of i don't know some kind of so that it sounds i i keep comparing my work to uh, morgan freeman because he's a real good narrator yes you know and and i think oh man i sound like shit compared to him <laughs> because remember i told you i wanted to know if you liked it because it sound to me listening to it back again sounds like uh like i'm a teacher teaching someone how to listen to my book if that makes any sense at all oh absolutely and and i don't want to sound like that i just want to read the the book but i'm 
careful. Pronunciation is important to me. Proper pronunciation is important. Yes. Uh, especially for my listener. I want to pronounce the words that I've written properly. You know, and so I, I, to me, I come off sounding like a teacher and I don't want to do that, but I don't know how else to, to do it. You know? Well, what What I heard, I I like it. I, I think that. Well, that's good. I'm glad because it's all I seem to know how to do. I can say ignorant now. You did what? I can say ignorant now. You can say ignorant, yes. Lacey, (laughs) Lacey has a, a common condition called dyslexia. I don't think I'm blabbing that to anybody. Uh, and, uh, my older son is dyslexic as well. And, um, I'm not blabbing that to anybody. Cause anybody who's ever ridden in a car with him knows he's dyslexic. You know, turn left here. Okay. To the right. But, um, because of that, a lot of the, uh, words that she has learned visually yes. to pronounce, when she speaks them, they come out backward because her, her, of her dyslexia. Right. And ignorant was one of the words she couldn't properly pronounce. And, uh, so I taught her how by breaking the word down into easily read separate syllables. Three of them. Ignorant. And that way she was able to, to see those syllables as separate from one another, did not have the dyslexic crossover thing of the letters and syllables. And so she was able to learn how to pronounce the word. And so now she can pronounce it. That's what she was saying when she said that. Yeah, I picked it up. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if the listeners said so. But anyhow, uh, so I I want the book to sound entertaining, um, but I'm not real sure how else because I'm not a voice actor. Right. I'm not an actor of any kind, and so it's hard for me to read it any other way than what I'm doing. I don't know how else to do it. But that's the thing is uh, I wouldn't expect it to be any other way. Okay, well, Because you're reading it true to who you are, and that's what the book is. It's who you are. It's the journey from, uh, what was it? I I did a a book review about it. Yeah. well, no, here's one better. Justin, Justin did a book review, uh, for the world of myth. I remember that one. That's weird. I remember that one more than my own review. Yeah, it is. But, um, he, he talked about how it, the book for him was the journey from being a woman child into womanhood. Yeah, it was, it was that. It was, uh, the, a chronicle, if you will, of, uh, my beginning to grow up, even right. though I was 30. One years of age at the time, you know. Some of us are slow bloomers, late bloomers, whatever the hell, or some not even bloomers. Uh, so yeah, that's kind so of what it was for someone to try to tell that story, your story. They couldn't do it. It, it has it has to be you. Oh in order yeah, to do nobody it. else could. I mean, I could tell them what happened, but they wouldn't be able to. Uh, again, you 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 pour all your guts out on the keyboard, and then you type it all into the computer and somehow it comes out making sense. And I think that's why writers, when it crosses over into the podcasting, why it's so easy just to be so open and blunt about things is because, like you said, you know, you're sharing your soul with the world at large. Yeah. So making yeah. that conversion and being super blunt and open on, you know, verbally, it's it's pretty much it's the same thing. same thing. Yeah, it is. But it's interesting to read it. For me, it's interesting because when I, I find myself going, oh my God, I really said that, didn't I? Okay. <laughs> well, 
that's what really happened, so all right, I'll read it the way it's written. But it, it, it does, I do get that feeling every now and then, and I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> okay, <laughs> here we go, you know, and, and then I just read it. Um, and, and the other thing that I've kind of been enjoying is going back there in my mind. You know, when I was a kid, I grew up on a farm in southwestern Washington State. Later, in many years later, I said to my folks one time, I sure would like to go back and see the farm. Right. And Mama said, no, you don't want to go back. She said, the farmhouse isn't there anymore and the farm doesn't look the same. You'd be so disappointed. And the same thing is true of the Liberia that I knew. Right. I would love to be able to go back to that place and time because it was so beautiful there and the people were so wonderful. Um, but sadly, because of the civil strife that they've, that country has suffered and in the years since I was there, um, most of the people that I met at that time are probably not even alive. Right. And the country itself is, uh, has been war torn. Yeah. Destroyed so much so that I wouldn't, uh, you know, I have seen modern pictures of many of the places that I visited and they they look almost nothing like what I remember right which is kind of sad because it was so beautiful so uh it it's odd when I read about it it makes me very homesick for it and yet I know that it's, it's there's no going back right yeah. <clears throat> but so, you but that's anyhow. that's a nice thing though is because you get to to visit the place that yeah. you remember. Yes. So. Yeah. It's like looking at a photograph, I guess. Yes. You know, you look at a photograph and, and it brings back memories. A photograph that's, you know, 33 chapters long and almost 300 pages. I know. Or is it 300 or 400 pages? I don't know. Shit. I was thinking it was 260, but no, it's just probably trying to feel good. I don't know how long it is. I really don't. I'll let you know when I finish. I don't know. It's It's, it's that thick. However many pages that is, it's that thick. Uh, I would go, it's actually not in my library right now because Lacey has it. Ah, she's really good, yes. Uh, so. Has she gotten past chapter six and seven yet? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I Well, prom- she's still talking to me, so maybe she hasn't. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't uh, uh, been really <clears throat> bugging her about that. Um, well, for for any of our listeners who who are curious about the audio book, I am working on it. Uh, but then we, you and I, have decided to come up with a different program. Right. I'm only seven chapters in, so I'm going to switch to a different program and reread the first uh, seven from beginning. Yeah, from the beginning. Uh, put it on the new program. Right. But that's in a way that'll be a good thing because the more times you read it, the easier it is to do without flubbing up. You right. Because I. Totally. I don't know how voice actors do that. They must do take after take. Take after take, take after take. Take yeah. after take. Because I'll sit and I'll read something, you know, and I'll transpose the words or, or, oh, or I'll add something in. I'll start st- telling it instead of reading it. Right. You ever do that? Oh, yes. You know, and I'm like, wait a minute. That's not what you wrote. You're supposed to be reading what you wrote. You I know, do I'll that. Throw, with... I'll throw a pronoun in or an adverb or something like that where it isn't there, you know, because it just sort of goes with the flow that I'm right. reading. And I go, what? Stop that. And then I have to go back and correct it. And, uh. My brain does that with other people's work, too. Oh, yeah. You have to be careful about that. 
Yeah. Because my brain will be like, no, this is a better word. <laughs> yeah. So, so by going back and, and re-recording everything again, it'll, right. it'll be at least the first seven chapters should be, should flow fairly smoothly. Right. Because this will be like, I don't know, the third time I've done it now. Cause one section of it, I actually re-recorded the first four chapters three times already. So, eh, well, anyway. How did the hell did we get off on that? Well, because we're talking about writing and talking about Russo oh. and, and oh. how it was, you know, different. Different, or, or was it different? Yeah. So, yeah, I was just kind of curious about that. And I am looking forward to sitting down and, and listening to, um, you know, e-books. Or not e-books, but audiobooks. Uh, one of the things, since we're talking about audiobooks, that I have to bring up, and it, it, it kind of really rubbed me the wrong way, is I went and... I got um, audible.com. And audible.com, you can listen to audiobooks on your laptop, on your desktop, or on your phone. And I got a thing. I, I downloaded uh, Kevin Smith's Tough Shit, and I, I listened to that. And I was listening to Stephen King's The Stand. Yes, you told me you were doing that. Yeah. And it cost me $24 for the audiobook. Now, that's that's actually a good deal. Yeah. But here's the thing that rubbed me the wrong way. I found out that not only do you have to pay for the audiobook, you have to pay a monthly member's fee. So, because I I decided to drop Audible because of, you know, just I, I can go elsewhere and get, you know, I can go to iTunes and get them for cheaper. And yeah. and yeah. so I decided to drop iTunes, or not iTunes, but Audible. Yeah. And because I dropped Audible, I can't listen to the rest of the stand, even though I paid for that book because I didn't pay for the monthly members uh, fee. So now you got to go buy it from somebody else and listen to it again. Yes, that sucks. So that's that kind of you know, since we're talking about audiobooks, that that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. If I buy something, I buy it. I should be able to listen to it any place, anytime, you anywhere. Think, you would think, yeah. But yeah. and it shouldn't be connected to, and um, and I know this is a legal Did thing. Did they tell you that up front? Uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't say. It was um, how they got me is because uh, I was listening to this one podcast, and then it goes, if you go to audible.com/slash uh, whatever you know, right. the, you get a free download. Right. And I'm like. Sweet. Okay, let's do this. Let's let's yeah. see. And this was about the time that we were talking about doing the audiobook for right. for you. So I wanted right. to see or not see technically. I wanted to hear what you know other audiobooks sound like, so I could have a comparison to to, to bring back to you. And that was it. It's Proving once again, there's no such thing as a free. Free. Lunch. Yes. Mm. So yeah. What can I tell you? What can I tell you? Well, okay. So don't hook up with them. No, Again. no. Now, I'm, are you enjoying? See, I myself, I can't. I, besides the fact that I don't hear well, I can. I'm not an auditory learner. Uh huh. I'm very much a visual learner. Hands-on is even better. Yes. Uh, but I have to see. I have to see it. I have to to understand it. I can't catch it from listening about it. I'm a visual. I don't care what it is. Um. Uh, are you the same kind of person, or can you do either one, or or how is it working out for you listening to the book? In other words, oh, I can still, you know, I can still pull up. You know, my imagination kicks in, 
And it's as if, like, I'm talking to you and you're telling me a story and my imagination forms this, you know, visual. Yeah, I sort of get that, kind of like a movie. Right. But at the same time, uh, just, I don't know. I would lose track of the story. You know, when, when, right. when I'm reading, I sort of lose track, you know, because my mind goes off while I'm reading. Right. And so then you have to come back to the page and you know well, focus and all that for anything that i'm doing if i'm it, if it requires me to listen yeah that's what i'm doing i cannot do anything other than listen mm. because if i'm listening and i say i'm doing uh you know making a, a a new page or whatever yeah i i'm not getting the whole yeah, no. My brain's not processing no. it. It starts sounding like, you know, well, and for from me, the... For me to hear the words uh, 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 of a descriptive phrase, let's say, okay? Yes. Uh, somebody's describing a beautiful sunset, okay? I get more out of reading that description than I would hearing it. Same here. Okay. okay. Yes, same here. Um, so much so that I don't listen to books. I read them. But there are people who are just the opposite. Yes. And that's for them that I'm recording the book. Because if, for me, if I'm doing something and, and I'm listening, but I'm doing something else, mm-hmm. it, it, the best way to describe it is their voice turns into the, the teacher from the Peanuts show. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yes. You know, that's all I'm getting. Yes, yes. It's just noise. There's nothing comprehensible to it. I have to say that one of the fun parts of, of, uh, chapter seven, that's the part where I'm dealing with the driver ants. Oh, okay. The stomp, stomp, stomp thing. Yes. And, and it was really kind of hilarious to read that part because I really did do the stomp, 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 you know, instead of just saying stomp, stomp, stomp. Um, and it kind of brought that all back too because that was, that was such a cool, that was, that was probably one of the best walking trips of my life. That first trip to, uh, to the camp. Right. Well, for me as a reader, and and I have to say to everybody that's read your book. All I, three of you. <laughs> I I got to go there first before yeah. anybody yeah, else I got did. to go there. And it was just a very, I, and I don't want to underplay it and use the word, but it, it's, it was, for me, it was a very magical experience, the whole process, because the way that you told the story, you know, I was brought into the story. I seen it. I, I felt what you felt, you know, and I experienced what you experienced. And, and I think I'll have, always have a special place in my heart for that story because it was so personal. It was just, I remember at times when I would, should have been doing something else at work. I was just reading, you know, your email. Because you would send me chapters on a regular basis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I literally, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to do this and read this at the same time. And then I f- completely forget what I'm actually supposed to be doing. And I'd be like reading the chapter. Well, you know, the thing is, when I was writing that, I, uh, and, and maybe the reason it reads that way is I could close, like I am now, I'm sitting here with my eyes closed. I could close my eyes and go there. Right. And I wanted the reader to understand what I was seeing and feeling and, and, and hearing, uh, and tasting in some cases. And, and so that's what I tried to write about. I try, I tried to, um, 
I tried to take a picture of my brain, I guess, as a way of putting it. Yes. And and put that in writing so that the reader could go, oh, that's what it looks like there. That's what it feels like there. That's what it sounds like there. You know, because I know what it felt and sounded like to me. And that's what I was trying to convey. I was trying to let people know this is this is what it's like there. Right. At least and I, I think my pulled, take on it. You, you pulled know. it off because I did, like I said, and, and uh, this is going to get the part that I'm going to reference. It actually got cut out, but uh, you know, Lacey came up and she she was like, "Well, what are you talking about?" But it oh, was you mean it just was, a minute ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was to me. It was a very personal experience. Yeah. And yeah. and I like yeah, I said I is. was the first it one is. to read it. Um, then of course Mario Martinez he he was the second one. You know as soon as I got yeah. done I'd give it to him. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Roberts Field Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, better, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, better, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. 
Plus, for an extra ten bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jazamon.com. That is that who you ran into? I was going to say, speaking of Mario, yes. <laughs> uh, no, well, I didn't run into him. I, he texted me. Oh, yeah? And we had a, a good conversation. He's doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, he, he got injured oh. over at, at the hospital. Oh. On um, the job? Yeah. And, um. Cha-ching. Yeah, he, he's, he's bad. Oh. Um, he can't stand. Lifting a patient? Yes. How'd I know? <laughs> um, from what I was told, he was turning a, a you know, four, five, Hundred pounder, uh-huh. and the the nurse just kind of let go of the patient, oh, turn and, and grab the meds oh, to hang. Fuck. And it thanks was, a lot, nurse. Yeah, and he was still he still had the oh man, and you know just and it fucked up his back. He said oh. that he can't um, he can't sit for a very long time, or he mm. can't lay for a long time because parts of his body, his legs and his hands would start going numb. And oh. <clears throat> you know he's, he's got only a like, bad disc. Yeah, he's only thirty oh. something years old too. Oh. And and that was kind of a bummer because, um, you know, I was telling you, you know, last episode about getting back into comic books. And the person that I would would like to have had was him to ink my stuff. Because yeah. Yeah. we had a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We had a very solid relationship as far as that goes, as far right. as my pencils, his inks. You know, right. we were able to complement each other's work. Right, right. And um, he can't sit at the table anymore oh, for, for more than like shame. five, ten minutes. That's a shame. That's a shame. I feel sorry for him. Please, if you see him again, tell him uh, I send my sympathies because that is... Uh, that's always a danger. You know yourself, you've yes. had to help patients or help nurses get patients in and out of bed and so on. And it's always uh, a danger regardless of their size. Uh, the bigger they are, the, the more the danger, yes. but not necessarily. You can, you can hurt your back really bad on a hundred pound old lady too. You know, it just. I would like to bring him in. I don't body know. Body mechanics. Yes. 101. But I, I would like to bring him in. I don't know what podcast it'd be on, but I'd just like to sit and talk to him yeah. and, and kind of reminisce about those times because, and that was kind of the thing, unfortunately, for him is when him and I, we were on night shift together, we did things as a team. Right. You know, and we're both big guys. Yeah. So yeah. what one strength compensated for the other strength and it yeah. just worked. Well, he went to day shift. And because of that reputation of him helping with patient care and whatnot, mm. you know, but I wasn't there. And and that mm. continued to where they abused his size and his strength. And unfortunately, you know, it, it caused him to, to be disabled now. Is, is there, are they going to try to do anything for him? Well, um, he's fighting uh, the hospital. No, I mean, are they going to try to do anything for no, him? Well, I'm, I'm oh, getting it. Oh, okay. He's fighting the hospital because the hospital said that he was doing something that was not in his job description. Oh, bullshit. So he actually, he has, he's gotten uh, a lawyer. And, and if he and if they had asked him to do that and he said, I can't do it because it's not my job description, they'd have fired him. Yep. 
But in fact, they're they're fighting his uh, workman's comp. He said it last time I talked to him. He said it's been 18 months since the incident happened, mm-hmm. and they've been fighting him. He he has not had no uh, other than the original when he first got injured. Yeah. But but since then he hasn't had no medical medical attention because um, they're fighting him on it. And oh, they're saying, and that's their whole wrong. case is because technically what we do is a desk job, but you know. When you, they call you for help. Yeah. The nurses, David, come give me a hand with this patient. I need to roll him over, and he's too big. And you've seen that personally, well, I don't of course. Know and 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 I have a vision of the response you would get if you sat there and said, "That's not in my job description, and if I hurt myself in the process, I won't be compensated for it." Like I said, they'd fire you on the spot. They would, and unfortunately, write your ass up six ways from Sunday and a lot of other stuff. I hope and... he has good legal counsel. And it doesn't sound like he does. But next time you talk to him, I tell him I said get a fucking lawyer. Yeah. Because I, mean, I know he does, he and needs... I know he just obtained one recently. Well, uh, hopefully he's got a good one. He needs to lawyer up and get this taken care of. Because the longer he deals with or lives with the injury without getting medical attention the harder it's going to be to correct the problem if there's any hope of correcting it. Right. Especially when it's a disc, you know, because they'll fuse, and then he'll really be fucked. Right. And, you know, and it, it, it's sad because he's a good worker. Well, yes, he is. And Besides that, it's sad. Anybody that's had a back injury knows. Well, no, I mean, I mean not so much the injury, but just the... Um, you know, the fact that they're fighting them on it is because, um, what's that? You know, no, go ahead, just tell me. What the fuck was that doing a minute ago? I had it zoomed in. Oh, okay. Because I was like, what the fuck is going on with the, the wave things for our voice? All of a sudden it looked really strange and I'm like, what the heck's going on? Yeah, I zoomed in. Are we in talking times, like that? I zoomed in times three. Oh, okay. Okay, and then just zoom out. Dang! What? Okay, never mind. But anyway, um, so what I was saying is, is I feel bad, and I brought up him being a good worker, is because he gave a lot to the company, and now the company's trying to dick him over. That's what I was. Well, knowing the company he's worked for, is he working now? No, he can't work. He He can't can't, work. He can't set for more than five ten minutes. Uh, knowing the company he worked for, I'm not surprised. Put it that way. Yes. Which, uh. So, there you go. Which, is fortunately he, for me, I'm not working there anymore. Yeah. Is he able to get any kind of disability help at all? I don't know. From the government or anything? I, I only talked to him for about an hour. You know, so. Oh, man. We just kind of chit chatted and, and, you know, like I said, I would love to get him back and, and, uh, get him over here and we can do a podcast. And, yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, talk and, and kind of reminisce. Yeah. Because, that'd be and, great. You though you brought up a good subject, you know, if you can always go back into the past in your head, but you can never, you can never relive what happened. So mm-hmm. the friendship and the experience that we we had back in the past mm-hmm. would would never be like that again. You know, just because past you can never recreate the past. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. Mm-mm. you can't, and you're not the same person either. That's the funny thing about it. You know, when I when I think back to the time of the book. Uh-huh. Go. I was 31 at the time. 
Right. Now I'm 73, so I can't go back because of that. Right. The only way I can go back would be to time travel. Right. You know, because not only are they all not there and themselves as I remember them, I wouldn't be either. So that's the other reason you can't go back. <laughs> it sort of sucks. But you can't, I don't know, that's why we have memories, I guess. Yes. I and that's why we have podcasts to reflect those memories. Because yeah. we can always go back and listen to them. I suppose anybody would want to. Yeah, you can. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of the goal is, and if wow. you, if he can get over here, you know, I don't know what, you know, it's like for him to get up and drive. I don't or if either. he can drive anymore. If he, could he sit for a podcast even? I so, don't know. But I would, that's a I damn would just, shame. Even if it, it was nothing more, just to reflect back to, of, you know, when we did this, when we did this, and, and, uh. Yeah, we, it, it'd be fun actually for the three of us to podcast together because he and I have a lot of the memories of my beginnings in writing and everything with you because yes. Mario was very involved at the time. Yes. Uh, with that. In fact, uh, there'd be a lot of times when you weren't there and I'd go ask him, well, has he read the chapters yet? Well, he'd go, I don't know, but I liked it, you know, or whatever. Uh, you know, so yeah, it would be great to, I'm really sorry to hear that. That's a shame that he's been injured like that. That's just sucks on a lot of different levels. But, Too bad. I'm really sorry. But it was enjoyable just to, yeah. just to, you know, kind of sit down. Well, it was through text messaging. Yeah. But yeah. still, it was, it was, you know, just to have that communication because I hadn't talked to him in over a year. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, and I don't mean to be that way, but in order to be a part of my life, you have to be active in my life. Yeah. And it's not because I let, I like someone less. It's just you're not a, being active in my life. And the way my lo- life works is you've got to be active, in, involved in my life to have an open communication. Yeah. That's just the way it works. Right. Well, it, it's a two-way street, and you can't, you can't do it on your own. Right. The other person has to, has to bring that to the table, too. And, if, and uh, you know, I'm that way, too. If I don't have – it's like my kids – we were, Lacey and I were talking the other day about my kids. I said, my youngest kid calls me frequently, my oldest kid not so much. Um, so, you know, I have more of a relationship with my younger son than I do with my older son. Right. Simply because it is not just my responsibility for us to have the relationship. Right. He, he Facebooks me. Is that the right term? Yeah. Yeah, the verb. He Facebooks me. I Facebook him. We talk on the phone at his behest or mine. So, um, we have a lot more connections than, uh, my older son and I do. And that, I think that's normal for anybody. You right. know, I have, I have casual friends that I see occasionally. I have some friends I haven't heard from in years. They're still friends. I just don't, we don't have an active relationship. Right. Cause I don't see them or hear from them. And that's okay. I don't need to. I only have so many hours in the day. True, true. Just like you. I don't see it that way. No, I'm Mary Lynn, too. They know. Most of the listeners know I have more than one name. Maui, Maui. <laughs> movie, movie. Yeah. Um, I was going to say Maui sounds good, too. Sound like Maui. Yeah, and... Uh, uh, I lost track of what I was going to say. Well, we were talking about keeping track of friends, friendships. Right. 
you you were saying how uh, you hadn't talked to Mario in, in over a year, and that affects your ability. Your relationship with people has to be a two-way street. They have to be there, too. Right. You can't go hunting up people all the time and going, hey, how are you? I haven't heard from you forever. Well, it almost seems counterproductive. Well, I guess it would, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I do get phone calls like that from time to time. Um, but, you know, it's like, I'm busy. I'm doing things. Hang around. Find out. Otherwise, don't know. And you've definitely, you, you, you found out <laughs> what all goes on in my life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a busy, busy house here. Busy house, busy life. But I wouldn't have it any other way. And I'm ten times busier now than I was four months ago. Because Lacey and I go to the gym three days a week. Plus your other podcast. She and I podcast once a week. You and I podcast once a week. So there's three whole days out of my life, out of my seven-day week, right. that are pretty well taken up. I was telling Ernie this morning, I said, this week is going to go like fire because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're gymming and podcasting. Yes. Thursday, I get to go to the beauty shop and let them do their magic. And Friday, I get my tits smashed. Mm. It's because it's uh, October's. October's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, yes. and I have my annual mammogram scheduled for this Friday. Uh, Saturday, we pack, and Sunday, we're off to Vegas. Oh, ho, ho. Which, they'll actually, this episode will still air. This is this is the episode, so while everybody's listening to this, you're going to be I will Vegas. already be back. Yeah. Yeah. With my bill- billions and millions in my pocketbook, I hope. Yeah, that'll never happen. I never go to make money at Vegas. I just go to have fun. Yes. So... Okay, well, I think we're we're at our minimum where we can shut it off, and the background's getting a little. Sounds like too. we need to shut it off because the baby's just about got the end of her fuse lit, and yes. I think she may explode here any minute. So, and it's dinner time for her. I yeah. mean, let's face it, we've kind of dragged this out into an unreasonable length. So it's all good. All right, for this all week, right. I am David K Montoya, and I am Miss Sadie Burbank. So you heard what we think, and the kid in the background. And you know what she thinks. <laughs> and now you know. <laughs> Good night. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think. <laughs> David K. Montoya, S.C. Burbank Podcast. Or S.C. Burbank, David K. Montoya Podcast. <laughs> the game plan, yeah. The, uh, the show. Don't make it up. Let's actually make some. <laughs> and see, I came up with more. Google it. Not what we know, because we don't know shit.